0: Hey, welcome back to the podcast. So today's episode is all about how procrastination develops as a protection mechanism. So what are we protecting against exactly? I'm gonna make a bold claim about all humans, but especially in this case, self-proclaimed procrastinators. Fundamentally, we all crave success and we all fear failure, but there are two catches to this. The first is that we also fear success. And the second is that success is predicated on failure. So you can see how this puts us in a bit of a pickle, right? I imagine this kind of like a bobblehead doll where we're just bobbing and weaving all over the place and we're like, what's happening? We're trying to get success. We're trying to prevent success. We're trying to prevent failure, but we're not actually moving forward in any logical, reasonable way. So essentially what has happened is that over time, we've developed a series of coping mechanisms with our behavior that protect us, which includes procrastination. So I wanna give you a few really common examples that I see with clients, and then I'm gonna ask you to fill in the gaps with whatever else comes up for you. So the first coping mechanism is any sort of avoidant behavior. So this is examples like scrolling on social media, watching TV, overeating when you're not hungry, maybe even overdrinking, anything that is designed to help you not feel your current emotions and especially done when you've intended to do something else. Another super common example that we don't always label as procrastination, but is is anything to do with decision making that elongates the decision, so that's hemming and hawing over the decision, maybe asking a ton of different people, seeking out tons of different advice. And then second guessing decisions once you've made them. We also have any sort of behavior that is designed to not make you go all in on one thing. So the most common example for people I work with is dabbling in a ton of different projects at once or multitasking on a ton of different things. There's also any sort of distraction behavior. So when you are working, then you allow yourself to get distracted by what author Nir Ayal calls Pings, dings, and rings. So the notifications, the emails, the Instagram messages, or physical interruptions like your partner walking into the room to ask you a question. Another common way that we cope with our fears is we focus on only things that we're already good at. My example is really funny. It's content creation, which is ironic given this podcast, but I feel very confident in that area. And then there's other areas that I'll ignore or dismiss that I don't feel as confident in. And then we've got the whole realm of perfectionist behaviors that are coping mechanisms. So over researching, procrastinating, making sure that everything is planned perfectly before you get started, thinking about taking action, but not actually taking action or tweaking, editing, anything that is drawing out the actions that you need to take in a way that delays the result. And one more category to look at that might have some overlap with the other categories we've talked about already is productive procrastination. So that's any sort of busy work, checking your email, doing tasks for other people, anything that feels productive in the moment but doesn't actually get you to the ultimate goal that you want. So here's what I'm gonna invite you to do in this moment. Pause the podcast, take out a pen and paper or Evernote if you love to do digital notes, and write down which of these coping mechanisms that I've talked about are the things that you do on a regular basis. And then ask yourself, is there anything that's missing from this list for me? And as you make your list, I really encourage you to make it what I call spy cam specific. And so what I mean by that is imagine that we have a spy camera on you in your home or in your office while you're working. What exactly would we see when you're engaging in these coping mechanisms. So my example would be, I have something scheduled on my calendar, but I have a great new idea to write an email to my list about, so I write the email instead of showing up for what I previously decided I was gonna do. The point of this is to make it so specific that when it's happening, you're onto yourself. And I encourage you to keep this list next to you while you're working printed out and visible so that you can catch yourself in the act whenever these behaviors are happening. So for some people, just having this documented list of all of your unique forms of procrastination is enough. It's just a reminder to yourself, hey, this is the things that I do when I am trying to mitigate failure. And the only reason that I'm trying so hard to mitigate failure is because something in me thinks that I can't handle it. And that's just a pattern that's developed over decades. But I do want to give you a few more ideas and questions that you can bring in. If you want to take this work to the next level of completely reframing your relationship with failure and success. So one of the core problems when we're procrastinating is that we are using a ton of different metrics of success to measure ourselves against at the same time. So let's say that you are heads down on a super intense project. Let's just say for simplicity's sake, it's a marketing project for eight weeks at the same time that you're trying to knock that out of the park. You are also trying to be the world's best mother, the most attentive spouse, You are trying to engage in all of your hobbies. Let's say you want to eat healthy. You want to continue working out. You want to keep a picture perfectly clean house. And you want to be an amazing friend. Just saying all those things, I got a little stressed out. (laughs) So you can see how carrying around all these different metrics of success at the same time would be really overwhelming and would really weigh you down. So the question that you can ask yourself here is what is the metric of success that I want to prioritize right now? Emphasis on the phrase right now, because this is not choosing your priorities for the rest of your life. It is just choosing your priorities for the time being. This is why I love eight-week sprints, because most of us can prioritize things for just two months. So a second really powerful question is, what are the sacrifices or trade-offs that I'm willing to make in this period to have the success that I want? And what are the sacrifices or trade-offs that I'm not willing to make? What's really interesting here and is actually great news is that we think we're gonna have to make these massive sacrifices in order to have the success that we want. But most of us have so much crap in our lives that's actually really easy to get rid of. So I'll give you a perfect example. We think we're gonna have to sacrifice like fun and downtime and sleep and our family. And I'm like, no. You just have to sacrifice the hour of mindless scrolling that you do on Instagram that you don't even enjoy anyways. (laughs) Or you have to sacrifice beating yourself up and shaming yourself all the time and then actually speak more nicely to yourself. Like that's a pretty decent sacrifice with a pretty great result on the other side of it. So notice if you think sacrifice is gonna be horrifically painful, it's not always. And then when you ask yourself the other side of the question, which is, what am I not willing to sacrifice? It'll just get you super clear on your values and your priorities. So what I came up with was just three things that I'm not willing to sacrifice for my projects. One is downtime. So for me, that's fun, hobbies, family time, all of that loop together. Two is sleep and three is my ethics. So I'm like, great, easy. All I have to do is come up with projects that don't sacrifice those three things. I for sure can do that. So the third question is what are the failures that you're willing to accumulate in pursuit of this success? I love this idea of not just accepting failure, but actually pursuing failure in order to get yourself to success more quickly and more efficiently. So a perfect example for me would be like, how many podcast episodes am I willing to record and release and have nobody listen to without giving up? Okay, the fourth question is when these failures inevitably happen, because we're literally trying to make them happen in order to have success, what will I make them mean about myself and my abilities? As in, what are the default thoughts that I'll have in that moment when the failure happens? And then the second part of the question is, what do I want to make the failures mean about me? This question will be so helpful for figuring out ahead of time how to be resilient. All right. And then the last question is, what are the downsides of success that I need to acknowledge for myself? Another way that you can phrase this is what is the worst case scenario of success? So what specifically are you afraid of with success? And who specifically are you afraid of being successful in front of? All right, so this is basically an entire guide on how to shift your relationship with failure and success. And you can ask yourself these questions over and over and over. Like I would do them for every single project that you take on. And then just a note that these are the exact kind of questions that we ask in my program, Half Finished to Done Live. So you'll be working on one specific project and then all your fears of success and failure will come right up. And one last note on that is that I'll have a lot of clients come to me and they're like, okay, I've discovered that I'm scared of both success and failure. And they present it as if this is a very unique problem to them. And I'm like, that's just the human condition. Of course. And I don't say that in a dismissive way at all, but I'm just like, yeah, that sounds about right. Perfect. Now let's get to work working on that. So if you haven't had this realization yet of like, yeah, I'm just terrified of success, but I'm also terrified of failure, here you go. This is the realization, the aha moment. And now that you know that, the whole rest of the episode, right, go back and listen, is equipped to help you work through that. So cheers to releasing some of these coping mechanisms in order to have more success, and cheers to embracing failure as the path to success, May it make you a stronger, more resilient person who likes themselves even more deeply. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Half Finished to Done podcast. If you're ready to become a self-assured repeat project finisher, the best place to work with me is in my eight-week group coaching program, Half Finish to Done, live. You'll leave our time together with one finished project and the skills you need to finish any project personal, or business in the future. Just head to peakcoaching.co slash HFD live for your next step. Can't wait to work with you.